part and that's all I know to do and, and that way the Holy Spirit keeps us all broke up. You know the prophet one time went down to the potter's house see, to be broke up, to be melted over. See, you have, if there's something wrong, God don't just put a patch in anything. He said you put a new piece and, a, and an old garment, it'll make it worse than ever. That just the uh, thing to do is put the whole thing. So if you've done something wrong, don't just get around a little and say, well, I'm sorry I did it. I won't try to do it again. Just break up and get molded over again. And make that piece another piece. Now, last evening, now in this week, now probably tonight will be gospel teaching again. And I, uh, I do the very best that I know how. And now, in coming in, many times you all think I just come in maybe now this morning, uh, maybe they might be a stranger too, but most of them are perhaps just the regular little tabernacle group here. And sometimes tearing into the gospel like that, it isn't uh, to make you angry with me or to, it's what it is. Yes, it's to tear you up. Certainly, that's what it does. The Word of God sharper than a two-edged sword. And the thing of it is, in there, there'll be this one come in with something, that one come in with something, this one there, and all good people. But they'll have different ideas, and each one wants to present their idea to the church. See? You can't do it. The church has got a solid gospel doctrine that has to be based on the Word of God. If you got a difference, why either take it to the pastor and let him see what he thinks about it and so forth, and let it be submitted. And don't take some theory now. It has to be brought out in the Word. And a lot of times the pastor builds all those things up. Then when I come in, he's very humble, Brother Neville. He knows he is. He's just a little bit too humble. <laughs> he don't speak when he ought to speak. And so uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, And I, I, pr- I think I, here not long ago we had a little talk together. I said, what's the matter, Brother Neville, is this. You, you, you're a loving sort of a brother. And you don't want to hurt no one too. You think I'm standing in the tabernacle there. Well, after all, it's Brother Bill's tabernacle. It's God's tabernacle. And he's a shepherd put in full charge. That's right. It's his place to do these things. I said, well, he said, I'm, you don't want to hurt one feeling. Well, look, if you side in with somebody siding this way, another siding this way, you've got to stand the mutual grounds and draw it together here and say, this is it. That's it. See, you must do that. And the people, really, I found this around the world. If you'll be absolutely straight and sincere, the people appreciate you more. Amen. Just lay it right down. Jesus, Amen. He, he loved the people. He even gave his life there for those Pharisees that were crucifying him. And he prayed for their forgiveness. But yet he said, you generation of vipers, snakes in the grass, and so forth like that. He wasn't exactly talking to the being, the human being. It was the spirit. I look at Peter coming behind him and said, Oh, Lord, you can't do this. He turned around and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art always an offense to me. He wasn't uh-huh. speaking to the apostle. It was He was a fountain of truth. And it was the spirit that was on that apostle that was making him say that. To see. And he wasn't speaking to Peter. He loved him. See, he loved him to know he is to be or the head of the church at Jerusalem. But he, uh, he wasn't going to speak back to Peter. He was speaking to the spirit that was causing Peter to hinder the works of God. 
Amen. You get it? Amen. That's the same thing here. It isn't to hurt your church, hurt your feelings. Well, you, well, you're my beloved brothers and sisters. Why, well, my, if there's any crown, if there's a star in my crown, if I've won someone to Christ, it's you. Well, I ain't going to break my star, I'm sure. But if there's any, something gets on my star, it ought to be on there. I'm going to break that if I can. <laughs> I'm going to do that because I want it to shine. And if I can get the church all in harmony in one accord, then the whole thing's a shine. You see? see what I mean? And that's what we have to do. Last night in answering the question, I did the best that I knew how. The person that wanted that uh, vicarious affiliate, they never gave me any uh, point on it last night that I should ha uh, answer it this morning or give you the Roman numeral written out. But if you're here this morning and so desired, all right, you'd be glad. And um, last evening, after the service was over, there was um, a man came to the platform, which was the Christian scientist man been painting the meeting. And what a great compliment he passed. And he said he had never heard that type of teaching, never heard the Bible so well explained. And just go show, uh, walk right out of the church and someone standing out there said, <laughs> that guy sure is an imposter. <laughs> well, of course, that's someone that backslid from the tabernacle here and went away with that group not long ago. Three or four of them pulled away. And let this church hear this pastor and all, regardless if those people who left this church, they went out from us because they was not us, said the Bible. Yeah. Right. And we went to them with brotherly and godly love, one after another, trying to reconcile them to the church. They wouldn't listen. We taken groups and went with them. They wouldn't listen. Then we told it to the church, and the Bible said, let them be as a heathen and a publican. That's right. They cannot come back into the church without first coming before the church and repenting before the church and then repenting before God and then be brought back and see how they act after that thing. That's right. They cannot come back. Oh, that's the Bible. That's Bible teaching. We must stay with this Bible. See? If the brother has off, go to him. If you won't hear, you take someone with him, with you. If you won't hear that, tell it to the church and then let him be as a heathen and a publican. And said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. What you lose on earth, I'll lose in heaven. See? So we must keep, listen, hard teaching sometimes, but it'll keep your church leveled up. It'll keep it what God says. Like I, sometimes if anything I hate to do to correct my children when I, or give them a whipping. But I, I just hate to do that. But yet the Bible said to it. And you watch these little people today that don't whip their children and correct them. Find out what they got. Got a little smart elf or stomp your foot and slam an orange against the wall and ball you out. The parent, that's it. See, the Bible's right in everything. Isn't that right? Amen. The Bible is right in everything. So this has been a time of teaching. Um, someone who wouldn't come in last night stood on the outside and said, I wouldn't answer all the questions, but I went back in the room and sorted them out and found the ones I wanted to answer and brought them out and answered them. Look, if you put in a question I didn't answer, you bring it to me. I got two this morning that I gave you. Remember last night, somebody brought them up late and I had to give them to Brother Neville, and I got them this morning to answer. I try to answer everyone to the best of my knowledge, what is thus saith the Lord. 
Now, you may miserably disagree with me on things, but just the same, the love of God will remain just the same towards you and I, towards we're children together. And before we start the morning uh, Sabbath teaching, which we hope not to take too long, whatever the Lord will, and then I want to answer this. Now, remember, church, you, every one of you, knows what this church stands for. You absolutely understand. Now, we don't have any membership. We just have fellowship. Because if we have membership, then we bring the people like to an organization, which we are strictly interdenominational, unorganized. Only one thing to lead us, that's the Holy Spirit. And we believe that the Holy Spirit leads to our leader. If God said a, a Holy Spirit said a teacher in the church, then if the Holy Spirit wants the church to know something, he'll speak to the teacher. Amen. For the Holy Spirit, that's what the teacher is ordained to do. Is that right? Amen. It's ordained. That gift is in the church as a teacher, and we should all listen to it. Until that gift goes to proving something that isn't right in the Bible, then we have a right to question it. As long as it's not to go saying, well, there's no such a thing as water baptism, there's no such a thing as this, that, or the other, or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then question that. See? But now, the Holy Spirit leads. Now, the church believes in the baptism of water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins after repentance. It believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the fruits of the Spirit following, the fruits of the Spirit, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, goodness, meekness. We believe in nine spiritual gifts, all nine of them, wisdom, knowledge, teachers, apostles, prophets, gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues, divine healing. Those things we believe. We believe in church government, and the government is ordered of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The pastor is always the head of the church. The pastor is always. That's God's elder. In organizations, you have to come to the bishop. Now, the Bible, there's no higher order in the Bible than the elder of the church. Just tell me where it's at. There's no higher order in the Bible for the church than the elder, which is the pastor. He's the highest order of the Bible. And then if... Uh, the, the elder, if don't receive any accusation against your elder, unless it first be by two or three witnesses, no matter what anybody says about an elder, don't you believe it, until you have two or three witnesses, and let them witnesses be tried first. And then, if that elder has done something wrong, and these three Holy Ghost witnesses have been tried and proved that they've really done something to the elder, then go to the elder, and that sin openly rebukes. See, that others might see and take heed. Now, in orders of the church, and now we just trust that God will keep you perfect and your heart stayed upon him. And remember, friends, this glorious church that we've been talking about in this last week, why can't we have that here on 8th and 10th Street? We've got the qualifications. We've got the people who love God. Don't you believe that? We got, uh, we got people in here. I see strangers in here come in since Brother Neville has been pastor here. Uh, fine people. I meet them here at the altar. People from Louisville, people from Henryville, New Albany, 
and around. People, I don't even know. I've never seen them in my life. Wonderful people. Now, wouldn't you all like to have a real Bible church? A real Bible church where all the spiritual gifts were setting order, everything making manifest just exactly the way it should be. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, you're going to have to sacrifice, not money. You're going to have to sacrifice what? Some of your own ideas. You're going to have to sacrifice some time in prayer. You're going to have to sacrifice your maybe a stubborn will to break down in humility. See? You're going to have the whole Christian mood is sacrificial. He that will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. Is that right? Amen. How often you have to sacrifice? Every day. Paul said he died daily, every day, died. Now, I believe, with God's help, our brother Neville and I just went through a great siege of going through different things and rubbing over different things and trying to find out. And I say this, now, brother Neville don't even know I'm saying knows nothing about it. He's just sitting there, that's all. I've questioned him in the doctrine of this tabernacle. See if it was right. And he's right. He teaches the doctrine. Now, what I find in the church is leading up to an answer here. And one of these questions that I give, which is the only one that I know, these all in here, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, these are the same, some of the same ones as your last night. Look them over, Brother Evelyn, see if they are, if you will, and give them back to me, see you And, um, that's what I come in for at these times. It's a look around the congregation. It's more or less a, as Paul told to one of the elders down there, keep these things when I come down we'll set the church in order. First thing I got with Brother Neville, see what he believes. See if there's any contrary in our, our faith, in our, our way, or explain the Bible. There wasn't one error. We went right straight through the same thing. Then if the elder and I, and he's teaching it right, then we got to find out where the, where the trouble's at, see? We get this thing straightened out. Now, one thing I find out in the church, while there's no, not maybe uh, three or four strangers with this, just a little tabernacle, is one thing, it's a lack of love for one another among us. I, I don't, you know me well enough to know that when I know something's wrong, I, I'm going to come to you. That's right. Because I'm duty-bound to God. And uh, it might have to hurt you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. See? I'm going to tell you the truth so we can both get straightened out with God. And go to the Bible said, agree with I have a church quickly. Don't let the wrath, sun set on your wrath. See? Now, in order to be a, a correct pastor or minister, you've got to watch your congregation. If you see the enemy coming in, that slip out over here and say, here, just a minute. See? Now, that's the wrong thing. And then you're watching. The Bible said, take heed to the flock. To feed the flock, which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer over. Amen. Now, if you fail to do that, God's going to make the answer for it. See? Yeah. That's right. So that's what we want to do. Is that Owen's one to have last night? Oh, that's all. All right. Now, I tried to answer each one, but these, these two here, and I'll get them just before we go into Sunday school, so that uh, everyone will uh, be answered. Let's see. Do you believe 
that God gives the Holy Spirit to everyone that is truly born again, Christian. At the time, they accept salvation. Or do you believe that uh, this is a different work of grace that in the experience of most Christians comes later? Please uh, clarify this subject as many are confused because of the different teaching on this subject. Now, if I don't answer this correctly, well then you ask me, I'll put it on my desk for tonight, and then I'll, I'll get a hold of it. Now, Christian friends, a person cannot be born again until they have received the Holy Spirit. Amen. See? You can't. You are not even converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. I might say you're lost before you receive the Holy Ghost, because you're not. There is three, there is one work of grace. Only one work of grace, that's the Holy Spirit. And it's made in three manifestations. Just like this one God made in three manifestations. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Only one. Now, there are three works of grace, but three manifestations. There's the manifestation of justification by faith. A man believes God, suggests her, I believe that I believe there's a true God. And now, for my personal Savior, I accept Jesus Christ, his Son, as my personal Savior. Now, that's what's called justification by faith, which the disciples receive first. Now, the next thing is, this man will go out, and today he might smoke, drink, curse, do things that habits are hanging into him. It's just rooted in there. It's spirit. Habits are spirit. The Bible said they're unclean spirits in man. Now he wants that maybe he's lustful. Excuse this. We're a mixed audience, but we're we're standing in the judgment house of God. And we must say these things clear. For instance, man sometimes, especially man become lustful, sex maniacs. Not only that, but just lustful. Way women dressed in things today, no wonder they are. But and uh, but the women become the same way lustful spirits get on them. And the nice little ladies, and they put on short clothes and little bitty things around them which looks terrible. And they get out, why? They don't want to be bad, but they don't realize that that old patient demon spirit is working on them. They don't do that to appear before God. They do it not to be cool, because pure science proves you that you take your clothes off, the hot air on your body is more hotter to you than what it is when you got clothes on. The Indian girl in, in Arizona, beautiful, a lot more than what you see one of these nudes. And she don't only put on her clothes, but a big blanket around her when she walks across the desert to keep cool. And perspiration, when the heat comes up, that's the air conditioning. See, so it's, it's nothing in the world but a lust, passion, spirit. Maybe you're lady enough not to do anything wrong, to live untrue to your husband or to your own morals. But my sister, that's disgraceful, and you don't realize that you could look in God's looking glass here and find out what God said about that. It's an evil spirit that's on you, and you don't realize it. Mary Magdalena didn't realize the spirit that was on her. See? Well, now, when you get that kind of spirit on you, or man, you get out there and start lusting for women. 
it's a you say, well, it's human nature, not like that. See? No, it's the spirit. The Bible said it was a spirit. That's right. So the thing to do then, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from lust and passion. Oh, sanctification. Amen. The word sanctification means to be cleaned and set aside for service. You get one? Now, that lust spirit leaves you under sanctification. Let a little lady, nice, go to church. She sings in a choir, but she has to mow her grass with a little pair of shorts on. Let her get sanctified one time and let her put on a pair. Let that man that will almost have a wreck looking at that woman in the yard, let him get sanctified one time and go down the street. Amen. Keep his mind on what he's doing. Amen. Exactly right. If he gazes sideways, he'll turn his head this way. The Holy Spirit says, turn your head. There you are. That's right. That's sanctification. Now, in this person that's been called by God is manifestations of gifts. Now, a very dear friend of mine in Denver the other day was discussing this with me. He used to be here and preach in this city. Very fine man as far as I know. But see, he was a Nazarene. And he felt that sanctification was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which it is not. There's no scripture to show that. I'll prove that a little bit in the Bible. That it isn't. You're not sealed by sanctification. You're sealed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Our sealing is the completing of the work. That's the reason it couldn't be sealed under Luther or Wesley either one. It had to come to the baptism before the church was sealed awake to the day of redemption. Now, but aren't you out? They're not lost. They're saved. Certainly they are. Now, sanctification is the same work of grace or, or the same grace that saves you. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draws him. So it's the Holy Spirit all along. But that's a portion of the Holy Spirit. This is a greater portion of the Holy Spirit. And then when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is a completion of the Holy Spirit taking up its abode in you to manifest gifts, speaking with tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of power, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Matt said last night, said, where did you get your education for these things? Well, I said, I've come out of great seminaries, and we've never had such as that ever taught in a seminary that I ever heard. I said, it don't come from seminaries. I said, I'm poor with a seventh grade education. Ten, fifteen years ago, I couldn't hardly write my own name, and I cannot do much better today, but it comes through inspiration. I said, then, watch it. Why, he said, you never watch where you're going in the Bible. You just grab the thing and run on through the Bible. It says it just all comes out together. I said, after I get out of the pulpit, I couldn't tell you what I said. Not me. I don't know. It's him putting it together. I don't know. I can't tell you. I just get up here and something strikes me. I just know the scriptures like that. You might ask me the scripture hour later. I wouldn't know. See, but it just comes like that. And you watch and see if it's right or wrong. When I get in the pulpit, I don't know what people are doing when they come to the prayer line, what they've done in their life. But watch it strike and tell them just exactly what they've done in their life and what they ought to do to get saved. Is that right? What they ought to do to be healed and whether they're going to live or die. How do I know that? Then ask me 10 minutes after I'm out of the platform, I couldn't tell you what it said. 
I don't know. It's all that I haven't got anything to do with it. I just yield myself to the Holy Spirit and He does the talking. And that is the whole thing. Amen. That's right. So it isn't I. It's not me. If you judge that I have the Holy Spirit, then it's the Holy Spirit. And if you judge that it isn't the Holy Spirit, then you might think it was the devil. But the thing of it is, compare it with this and see what it compares with. Amen. The Holy Spirit wrote this. So if it compares with that and brings that out truth, then it must be of God then. Isn't that right? Amen. That's right. Now, no, the Christian brother, now look, it's just in this manner, and I'll try not to take too much of our time on this. Look, a new birth, Jesus told Peter, after he would bend the apostles, all of them, they've been justified by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They've been sanctified through the truth. He was the truth. And then he said, and given power, they went forth to preach the gospel. The great gift that was in them was being made temporarily or in a shallow way manifested. But he said, now the next thing you got to do is make this thing grow. Now he said, Peter said, Lord, I'm willing to go to death and everything with you. He said, Peter, after you are converted, strengthen your brother. After you're converted, well, Lord, I've been baptized by you. Jesus Christ baptized Peter. He baptizes uh, uh, the apostle. All right. Now, he said, now, I've been baptized by you. I've done all these things, and I've walked by you. I, I, I've been saved, and you give me power. You would expect God to put that power in an unclean vessel. So you had to clean him up and give him a life of, of sincerity anyhow before he, he let him go out and preach the gospel. And they returned back rejoicing and said, well, even the devil's is subject to us. See? And why, then he said, now, Peter, I know all this, but you're not converted yet. See? You're not right yet, Peter. You're not converted. But after thou art converted, then strengthen your breath. Peter hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. See? When the Holy Ghost comes, then Peter was an inspired teacher. Jesus recognized it in last night's question. You remember what he said, come down and said, Upon this rock I'll build my church. Amen. Not upon Peter. Not upon the Pope or upon that place or in that... Uh, no. Not upon himself. Jesus never put that upon him. He'd been the, the chief cornerstone. No. He said, Thou art Peter, and flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven and upon this rock. Amen. Spiritual revealed truth. I'll build my church. That Amen. is, not upon what the seminary teaches, not what the church teaches, but what the... Spirit-inspired teaching that comes into this Bible and manifests this Bible to be true. Upon that, I'll build my church. Amen. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See what I mean? Yeah. Now, now a person can be... Look, a mother... Look this way. Now, the little young ladies, most of them are out in the room out there, and the young man, we're all married folks. I want to ask you something. What is everything in the natural types of spiritual? Everything, uh, Moses made the pattern of the tabernacle like he saw in heaven. Is that right? Amen. Everything in the natural types of spiritual. Now, when a, the St. John, the set, uh, I mean, 1 John 5 and 7, it said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which was the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Is that right? Said so there's three that bear record in earth. Water, blood, spirit, 
They are not one, but they agree in one. See? Now, you can be justified without being sanctified. You believe that. Now, you holiness people agree with that all along. See? All right. Then when I tell you you can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Ghost, you Pentecostal people are shot over that. See? Because that's true. You can. It's just another step into the same grace. Now, you can be justified without being sanctified. You can be sanctified without receiving the Holy Spirit. I brought that this week through the Bible, ages and everything, and I could spend two years right here on the same thing and never leave the subject. It's in the Bible. We just merely touched the little points and things around here and there. Not even dug down in and got all the scriptures, the Old Testament, the prophets, and everything, and brought them right out, the picture. Hour after hour in these cave up here, dreams, mill, and things. Has God revealed that to me, man? Now, look, a friend. Now, but you cannot have the Father without having the Son. You can't have the Son without having the Holy Ghost. See? They are inseparable, but water, blood, and spirit is separated, although it's by the same grace that they come. Now, look, when Jesus died at Calvary, he produced exactly what it constitutes to get into the body of Christ, come out of the body of Christ. When Jesus died, what come out of his body? Now listen closely. What comes from his body? First was water, blood, and spirit. Now when a baby is born in the earth, mother, dad, what's the first natural thing in a natural birth? Break. Water. All right? First labor, pain, the words are cutting, the sinner's sitting there. Mm. Does he mean that I have to quit doing it? Mm. Well, I have to get all pain and labor. It takes death to bring forth life. Death, life can only come through death. So you say, well, yes, that's right. Here you go. All right. I repent of my sins. I want to be baptized. The show to this congregation I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Water has come for it. What's the second thing in a natural birth? Blood. Is that right? Breaking of blood. Then the blood cleanses and takes all the unclean habits away from you. Sanctifies you. Gets you fixed up. All right. That cleanses them all sin. Now you're set aside for service. Now what's the next thing to come out of the body of Christ? Spirit. When the water comes, the blood comes in, a little posterior protoplasm stimulation is added to the baby. Like that, a little gospel spanking. And what? He cries out. The spirit. Is that right? That's what the church needs sometimes, is just a little bit of gospel spanking, like that. Hey, now listen! And then he says, oh, he cries, Abba, Father. The Spirit comes born out to you, man. He's born again of the Spirit of God. He's a Christian when he's begotten. A baby's a baby when it's formed the very first germ in the mother's womb. It's a baby. I'm firmly against birth control. For a it's just as much harm to, to take the life of a little baby if it ain't two months old as it is to pull a pistol and shoot a man down in cold blood murder. Amen. 
Yes, sir, I'm against birth control. What God sends, God will take care of. Notice. Now, that is wrong to do that. Now, that's the baby right there. It's a life where the first germ of life is in it, which will only be the only life that will end it less other spirits in it. Then the baby becomes begotten. His little muscles quiver and jump and twist like that. Then that's the next thing. Then the water, blood, and then it has to get, when it breaks its little lungs through. Just as the natural baby is born, there's a spiritual body at the side of the mother to give the baby a spiritual life. And then when we're growing old here, and we've been born again of the spirit here, begotten in the wounds of the earth here, when we leave this earth, this robe of flesh, I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air. As long as in this earth here, there's a born-again Christian, a spirit in here growing and waiting. If this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have one already waiting. When this, when this natural was conceived and being brought forth when it was born, there's a spiritual body to receive it. And now as this natural body is dwindling away, there's a spiritual body to receive it when it goes away. Amen. Amen. When it's begotten of the, we are begotten of the Father through the Word, by the washing of the water of the Word, and made new creatures in Christ Jesus. So it's all one work of grace. But now look, in the age, Luther, Wesley, and all down to the Pentecostal age, as I said, I'm not Pentecostal. I believe in Pentecostal doctrine, many things. There's some things that I disagree in. As I told you last night, some things that I disagree friendly in the initial evidence of what they call you have to speak with tongues to prove that you've got the Holy Ghost. That cannot be scripturally proven. Now that is just let your pastor come to me. See, that's right. Now even from the highest, the doctor, Pope, and all those others we come together, even the head of the Assemblies of God, one of the greatest in speaking in tongues for evidence, and Dr. Pope reached across the table, him and Ern and Amitabh, hold my hand, said, Brother Branham, that is the truth. But what are we going to do about it now? If we fail to do that, then the people go off just like Pilgrim Holiness and so forth. I said, no, they won't. You just lay it out there like the Bible says. Let God add to the church. Let God give to the church. See? Those gifts are in the church. Right in here this morning, there's gifts of speaking in tongues. There's gifts of prophecy. There's gifts of everything sitting in here. But if you just not go to hanging at that gift, if you do, you're going to get the gift without the giver. See? The thing of it is, seek after God. Seek after the love of God in your heart. And then if God wants you, He'll move you into whatever He wants you to do. See? That's it. That's how the church is put in order. Now, now in that, in this year, remember that when you are justified by faith, I hope that explains the scene. Now, you are a Christian right then. When you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you are a Christian at that time. That's right. I believe if you would die right then when you accept Jesus as Savior, I believe you'd be saved. That's what the dying priest did on the cross. And that's what others, that's what the Scripture says. He said, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. See? I believe you are a Christian man. Now, now, I can't judge whether you are or not. God knows whether you are or not. See, that's your heart. I, was, I wasn't sent or no other man to judge. We were only sent to preach. See? 
Now, you're a Christian when you accept Jesus. And when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to you, your sins are, your habits and filth of this world that you wallowed in is gone from you. Right. Smoking, drinking, gambling, all these uh, unclean habits leave you by sanctification. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and anoints you and puts you in service to do something for him. Now, that is then free. Now in the next, then the next thing is to do is uh, then you're born again when you receive the Holy Ghost. That's when you're converted. You might be in process of conversion, but you're not converted until it's completed and you're sealed into the kingdom of God. Sealed down. It's like if I start loading the box car out here. Well, I'll throw some cans in. I'll throw some clouds in. I'll throw some more things in. I'll say, is it ready? The inspector come by. Nope. Not yet. But the box car's sitting right there on its road to its destination. But as soon as I get the whole thing loaded up, sealed in, packed in right, then the doors are slammed by the inspector and it's sealed. There you are. Then she's ready. She's filled and gone. <laughs> That's right. Jesus said, Blessed are ye when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, for ye shall be filled. Amen. Now, there's another question. Last night you spoke of your belief in the gift of the Spirit. You mentioned that you yourself had spoken in tongues. Do you believe that the program, including sermons, should yield to the Spirit when it is trying to bring forth a message in tongues. Now, I answered that to an extent last night. Now, I will finish it this morning. Now, speaking in tongues is a gift of God, but it's subject to what's on the floor at the first place. Now, there, Christian, there's where you make your mistake. Now, I don't know. Someone told me that Monday night or Tuesday night when I was preaching, if somebody spoke in tongues while I was preaching, it's a good thing I didn't hear it, or I'd have stopped and called you out right there. Because you're out of order. The Holy Spirit, if I'm anointed of God speaking by the Holy Spirit, He's speaking here. He don't speak over here and over here and over here of confusion. The Bible says that, Christian. So, that's right. We must get those things down in our hearts. Everything has to come in a season. Speaking in tongues is give away to a place for speaking in tongues. See? And then if, if someone speaks in tongues, now I ain't saying the person was wrong. I don't say the person was demon-possessed. I believe the person was sincere. I believe the person, if they could speak with tongues, they're blessed of God. But the person, it's just like Brother Neville standing here trying to sing a song. Maybe he's gifted to sing a song. And he's there singing a song. And he's standing here trying to preach right in his face and him singing a song. Well, that's out of order. If the Holy Spirit's in the singing, let the singing go on. See? If, uh, then if I stand here and start preaching and he raises up then and starts to sing a song while I'm preaching, that's out of order. The Holy Spirit is not an author of confusion. That's right. So get that, church. You're a lovely people. See? But you're all in error. Now, if you've got a gift, use the gift where the gift belongs. 
If I've got a pick and shovel, I certainly wouldn't try to hold my tomatoes with it. No. See? I use a pick and shovel when I'm picking or digging a ditch. I wouldn't try to drive my automobile through the cornfield. See? I use the automobile to travel back and forth, and I use my plow in the cornfield. So I ain't got nothing against the plow. I ain't got nothing against the automobile. They both are instruments to be used for the betterment of mankind. I have got nothing against speaking in tongues. I have got nothing against preaching, against singing, against interpretation of tongues, against gifts of healing. But it's all to be used in its place. Oh, please, church, have faith just a little while. See, you must come under teaching. You say, I don't need no one to teach me as the Holy Ghost has come. My friends, that, that gives me just a little room to doubt whether you've really got it or not. See? See, the way you're acting with it, see? See, it's the thing you're doing. Now, why, if the original, if the Bible said the uh, Holy Spirit is the teacher, why did the Holy Spirit put teachers in the church then to set the church in order? The same Holy Spirit. Sure, we don't need any seminaries to go around a big bunch of men to look out these things. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. See? It's the teacher, and it gives some fellow a gift of teaching, then you must be subject to that gift. If here's some man, to when we're going here, he's got a gift of healing, faith and healing. And I'm sick. I walk up to him and say, Brother, what must I do? He stands there. He's a prophet. And he stands there with a gift. He said, Thus saith the Lord. William Brandon, you know you've done a certain thing the day before yesterday in a certain place, and, and that's the reason you're sick today, because you did something. I'm subject to that gift. Now he'll say, Oh, you're wrong. I don't care what you say. I know who I am. Now, I'll die in that condition. See? I've done something wrong. Now, the things we do when I see that I'm wrong, I say, yes, my dear brother, the Holy Spirit's upon me. And that's the truth. I did wrong. You pray for me, and I'm going to ask God to forgive me so that I can be right with God. Now, you're getting back on the healing line. Then I say, yes, I'll go back and make that right. If I cheated this brother, if I talked wrong to that brother or sister or that, I'm going over to make it right here. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to me. Then I go over and make that right. Say, I'm sorry, brother. I was in the wrong. Watch me get well. That's right. But if I puff myself up and say, oh, I know much about it. Uh Uh-uh. You must listen to the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher and the guide of the church. Now, the Holy Spirit says, now the Bible says that if uh, in that that the spirit of the prophet, the one now a man that speaks with tongues is prophesying. You know that. Certainly. Now if a man speaks with tongues and the prophet is preaching from the platform, then that spirit is subject to this spirit. If Brother Neville was standing here preaching and he's under the inspiration of God and he's making an altar call or whatever he's doing, as long as he's in this pulpit and his voice is moving, he's under the inspiration of God, or should be. And then if he does, then when he gets finished and he's set down, then if the Spirit falls into the meeting, you say, well, Brother Brandon, it fell on me in the beginning. I know that is true. It isn't the Spirit falling on you, brother. The Spirit, or sister, whoever you are, the Spirit is subject to the Word of God. Because Paul said, if an angel come and taught anything different, let it be a curse. This ever Holy Spirit will recognize this word of God to be true. Is that right? But now sometimes people have gifts. 
And the gift or speech for all oh my, it's a, it's a gift of God. And it wants to go forth and do something. It's enthused. But it's got to come under subject of the Holy Spirit. See? It's a gift. Therefore, don't you see where you see tongues is not the only evidence? Tongues is a gift. See? The Holy Spirit has to operate that. Now, Paul said, if a man speaks with tongues in the church and there be no interpreter, let him hold his peace. No matter how much he wants to speak, how much is crying out in him to speak, that's the gift. See what I mean? That's the gift. You know, I sit many times with the gift that the Holy Spirit has given me to pray for the sick. I see a time here where it said, oh, there's some poor little fellow. I must pray for him. My heart is yield for him. And the Holy Spirit said, leave him alone. He'd go over here to this one. I come in the meeting. I sit there. And there's a poor old mother laying there with all crippled up in there shaking. I got a, oh, God, that poor man. She looks up and says, Brother Branham, please have mercy on me. Oh, how my heart beats for that poor little thing. Mm. And here's that the lady over here, maybe with female trouble. The angel would never touch that woman laying there and go get this lady with female trouble and say, Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. Amen. Now, me, my gift, I want to get to that woman there. But the Holy Spirit says, Go over here. Amen. See what I mean? Philip was down there in a revival, just having a wonderful time. Thousands being converted and everything. But the Holy Spirit comes and go out to Gaza to the desert. There's going to be a colored man pass through there after a while. Amen. Give him the message. And he never returned. You see what I mean? Jesus passed through, you, he was God. And he passed through the school of Bethesda where all these cripples and blinds and lanes and halt and withered was laying there. How his poor heart must have burned for that poor mother with a waterhead baby. That poor old daddy standing there blind saying, somebody help me. And here comes the very God of creation moving by in flesh, coming by him. Walked right on by him. Watch what he did. Walked over to a man that maybe had prostate trouble or something. He had 38 years. He could get up and walk and go where he wanted to. He said, well, I'm coming to the pool and another can route run me and get down there. See? Well, I'm coming to the pool and Jesus said, well, thou be made whole. So take up thy bed and go into the house. Heal that one man which could walk around and was in pretty good health. He got around for 38 years with it. But he was laying there, thought, provincial, maybe one time he could jump into the pool. And he had all this disease and had it for 38 years and there was people dying laying there. Sure, Jesus wanted to go to them, but the Holy Spirit led him there for the Bible said that he knew the man was laying there in that field. See? No matter what the, what the gift says, it's got to yield to the Spirit. That's what Paul said, that the gifts out in there, and the, our congregation will yield to the prophet. See? you got to yield to the ardor. That's it. It's a gift. I hope that explains it. There's where the Pentecostal church gets tied up many times, many of them in order. That's what caused trouble in the brand tabernacle. See? It's because you keep with your gifts don't know how to use them. And that's the reason you need Bible teaching to know how to use that gift to get the best out of it for the kingdom of God's sake. Speaking in tongues, I wish every one of you spoke with tongues. I wish the interpretation of tongues was every one of you. But you couldn't do it at the same time. You've got to yield to the order of the Spirit. When the Spirit is anointed a brother here preaching, he's saying you're preaching the gospel like that. Then let your gift yield to that Spirit. Because it's just like I said last night, you know, uh, now a lot of people deny speaking in tongues. They say it's to the devil. And uh, you good Nazarene people, your own church, that's where it backslid. Exactly. When the light of speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit comes, you deny that a person in a Nazarene church, you know how they feel. 
if you speak in tongues, you're a devil. I know a woman today that was just revealed to me last night. A old woman in New Albany that's real, real bad, and since the anointing's been striking me, she come to my house and the Holy Spirit told her exactly what was wrong. Told her all about some horrible, sinful things she did, and pronounced her healing. And a woman went away and got with a bunch of Methodist and Nazarene preachers that believes that anybody speaks with tongues as God is a devil, and the woman believes that, and she's blaspheming, and she'll never get over it until she comes and receives the Holy Ghost. You can't mistreat God. Be careful what you're doing. If one word against that will seal you out of the kingdom of God forever. Now, if you believe me to be his servant, if you think God is with me and helping me, and if my words ain't according to the Bible, then you correct me. But if they are according to the Bible and you believe me to be his servant, you better take heed and listen. That's true. So then, here, my hands is used for a certain purpose. But I've got to go to that belt, that place there to use them. There's no need of my hands fighting at that now, when my feet try and take me over there. Just like a man preaching. He's preaching. Well, now there's time for speaking in tongues. This, this hand or speaking in tongues wants to get to it. See, but don't fall to air. Wait till my feet gets me over there. Then I can reach over and get it. See? Now, when a man's speaking or preaching up here at the platform or a message going forth, if the man is of God, he's anointed of the Spirit to preach the Word. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's moving out. That's just your gift there trying to get you started. But the Holy Spirit's coming through the Word. And the Holy Spirit will always, the Holy Spirit feeds on the Word of God. Right. And it will recognize the Word and be reverent. And then when the time comes when the Holy Spirit's left the platform off the minister, comes out in there, then you're in order. Then somebody gives up, maybe has, has a message of speaking in tongues. Then whoever gives interpretation to it. Then watch it. It won't be quoting Scripture. It won't be saying something God don't use repetition. It'll stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, Mr. Brother So-and-so is laying here sick. What done it was day before yesterday sometime. He done a certain thing. Got out of the will of God on that. Thus saith the Lord. Now, that'll interpret it. That's where the, the Holy Spirit only speaks to edify the church. If you speak with tongues of no correctly interpretation, don't do it in the church. Do it at home. That's what the Bible says. Then, and if, it, if that's true, then the Spirit of God's up on you. Maybe you'll speak and say, all of you move from this section of this city. Tomorrow there's coming a cyclone that'll sweep all this section out. Now, before that can be, remember, speaking in tongues is not too accurate. Paul said, let it be first judged by two or three witnesses. That two or three was divine judgment. Judges. What man but the Holy Spirit level, pound, and doctrine? So I believe God was in that. The next one raised up and said, God was in that. Got to have one more. One more raised up and said, God was in that. Then let what part of the church is in this section flee as hard as he can. Get out of there. If tomorrow the storm comes through and blows it up, know God is with you. But if it doesn't do it, you better be careful. you got the wrong spirit among you. You better get back up the altar and get this thing prayed out all the church together. And that poor person spoken down the altar come around the altar and say, Lord, somebody help me. I don't want to be anointed with that. That's wrong. See? So, Lord, help me. Get the thing off of me. Let me get right with you. See what I mean? So be careful, church. Do you understand? If you do, say amen. Amen. If you do. Now, that's true Bible teaching. Amen. Now, it won't. Now, you hear a lot of times come up and say, Oh, the Lord is coming soon. Jesus is coming. And uh, 
And the people must be ready, or something like that. Sure, the Lord's wrote that in the Bible. If they come, it'll come right through the prophet, come and help you like that. But it's for the edifying of the church. See? The edifying of the church. It's a direct message. Everybody's heard that message. But uh, say this man here, if yesterday he was untrue to his marriage vow, and the Holy Spirit comes and condemns him this morning, that's something the church don't know. See, it condemns that man. He stands and says, that's the truth. God forgive me. Then God's with you. See what I mean? Then you won't all be confused. You've got those gifts. Now here's the last quotation of it. Listen, friends. Listen, all up this way. You had those gifts. You didn't deserve them. God's given to you before the foundation of the world. They were yours. When you was born in this world, you was born with them. Fill up that gift which is within you. See? You're born with those things. You can't make yourself do something. I couldn't make my eyes brown because they're blue. Amen. You take your thought and add one cubic to his statue. It's all in God's divine program. If I tried to be a sinky or finny, what good would it do me? Can. Amen. God had a sinky and finny. I'm William Branham. You're whoever you are. Now look, if you will take those gifts that you have and use them correctly and orderly in the church, this little church will grow like everything. Amen. But when you get in yourself in the flesh, you'll keep it tore up as long as the church stands here. That's exactly right. Now, have I made it clear? Yes. I hope so. Amen. If I haven't, and if there's one question that hasn't been answered, you let me know and I'll be glad to do it. Well, that's a long time. And then, you know, I've got, uh, I've got a long time, I hope, to stay here in this world. And I know one thing, we've got a long time to be gone. Amen. So let's, Let's try to keep the thing correctly. Brotherly love, continue. Let us keep in the church like that. Now, do you think we ought to dismiss church now? Should we just have just a little bit of Bible teaching? How many think we ought to go on into Bible teaching? And I, for just a half hour, Brother Neville, you watch your watch. And give me a half hour, if you will. Shall we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, I promised last evening to finish these questions this morning. I did the best that I know how. If I have erred in any way, knowing that you love your children, you love them, and if you're in my heart, it'll make me love them. Amen. Then, Father, knowing that sometimes fathers correct their children, they must. And I pray, God, if I have made the wrong correction, then you forgive me. I'm only going by the way your word said, to the best of my knowledge, and by the witness of the Holy Spirit that lives in my heart. To me, it's perfect. And I pray, God, that it will become perfect to this church. That this Amen. church may become perfected in the love of Christ. Amen. That this will be a place that people will come from around the world. Amen. To come in here and see the glorious operation and harmony of the Spirit. Amen. Our gifts and manifestations to when sinners walk in the building. The Holy Spirit will be so dominating in here till they'll weep and walk up to the altar and give their lives to thee. Grant it, Lord. Make us that way, not to be selfish. Not only us, Lord, make every church on the face of the earth like that, that the world may know that Jesus Christ has raised from the dead and living today among his people. Heal the sickness. May every church accept healing. May every church be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every church speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. Every church having divine healing and prophecy and all the manifestations of the Spirit. Oh, Christ, thy great Holy One, knowing that that would be my desire in my heart, 
But knowing that your word says it will not be, therefore we cannot look for that. We cannot look for our prayer to be answered, but in our hearts we believe that and we love them and we want to see them saved. The same way that you were not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repent. All right, let's sing like this, all of us together now while they're getting. Let's sing. To be like Jesus. To be like Hebrews, the 
great famous letter written by St. Paul, I believe. What is the book of Hebrews? Now the letter of the Hebrews was Paul speaking to the Hebrew church separating law from grace in the book of Hebrews. He was telling the Hebrew converts how that they want to continue on in the law. And he told them what law was to grace. Let's read now. This book was written in about um, uh, 80, uh, 94, somewhere. Now, for the law, having been, or having a shadow of good things to come, the first sphere, first phase of the first verse of the tenth chapter of Hebrews. The law having a shadow of the good things to come. Now remember, Abraham, of course, Abraham didn't live under the law. Abraham lived under grace. How many know that? As long for the law was given. But Moses lived under the law. David. All those lived under the law, and all that the law provided was a shadow of the good things to come. Isn't that marvelous? Just being a shadow. You remember one night last week we were teaching on Revelation 12, where the woman, let's read it right quick. Turn over to Revelation 12. And let's get it. I think that's a beautiful background for this. Here it is here. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman. What does a woman mean in the Bible? Church. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. A woman, a church, clothed with a bright light had raised after a lesser light was fading away. See? Now, the moon is a shadow of the sun. Is that right? Amen. See, the, the moon, I've seen the moon through those great glasses out there. I used to mother used to tell us about the man in the moon. You've heard that. You know what that is? I looked at it through great powerful glasses. It's mountains. And the sun shining makes a shadow. Great craters. Nothing can grow on the moon. It's just so hot in daytime. It's ooh, my. And at nighttime, it's so many... Times below zero, nothing could live. And you can sit in that glass as if it's standing out here a half a mile from you. You can see 120 million years of life space through that glass. 120 million years. How many miles would that be? Oh, my. Now, and the moon, and when the sun has gone down, the moon shines. Oh, we uh, uh, call it the half hour anyhow. But look. I just see something moving. Look, in the creation, all things heights and patterns. Somehow I get to preaching or have a few nights of this, I just feel like I could just move on and on. Just the spirit, I begin to jump up in front of you, you know, when the Holy Spirit brings it and hang it up there for you. See. All the things of shadows and types. When God made the heavens and the earth, He made the moon to shine in the absence of the sun to give light while the sun was gone. See? A beautiful type of Christ and the church. The church is the moon. 
to give the light to the world while the sun is gone. See what I mean? A lesser light. Amen. And then otherwise, the moon and the sun is husband and wife. As Christ and the church is husband and wife. The wife being the weaker vessel only gives a smaller light in the absence of her husband. And the church can only make manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And remember, the moon cannot give any light of her own. And when you see the moonlight, it's not the moonlight, it's the reflection of the sunlight. And Christ has set it up, is that right? And shines his light on the church to reflect his light and power to the world in his absence. See what I mean? Genesis, in the beginning. Now, he sees the woman standing here. Look at her. She's the woman. You'll see in a few moments. She's the Jewish Orthodox Church, the wife of God, the begotten. And notice, not the begotten, she's begotten of God, sure, but she's the wife. And God had to put her away sometimes. That's on account of spiritual fornications. Is that right? And then he returned again and received her again and married her and said he was married to a backslider. Is that right? The wife that had gone away from him. Now, what a beautiful picture this is to see this woman standing there and the moon under her feet and the sun shining at her head. Let's look at her just a moment now and see what she looks like. Under her feet and upon her head and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now what the stars do? Stars give lesser light. Is that right? Well, what does the star shine from? If I could walk out tonight and see that great bright star on the side, I'd say, little star, you sure are a beautiful thing. What makes you shine like that? Well, if he could talk to you, he'd say, Brother Brandon, I'm not shining. Well, what's making you shine? It's something shining on me. See? It's the sun shining on me, Brother Brandon. I just have to write up a path for you. Well, then the true path is the pulpit, and he's anointed of God. It's not the pastor shining. It's not him a good preacher. It's not him a good pastor. It's the Holy Spirit shining on him, giving the gospel on him. Amen. See what I mean? It's just beautiful how it's all tied down. Now, the woman had the moon under her feet, the sun at her head, and twelve stars in her crown. The twelve apostles. This Bible is built upon the doctrine of the apostles and Christ the chief cornerstone. That's right. The foundation of the apostles. Now you see that woman is to begin with, don't you? See? Twelve stars. All right. And she being with child, travailing in birth, came to be delivered. Now, there's the Jewish Orthodox Church as the law is fading out, the gospel is coming in, and just as it's fading, there's got to be a new dispensation, so the woman is with child. And she's in pain and travel pain, being prevailing in childbirth. In other words, the Roman Empire had her hover down, she's crying, Oh, Messiah, come, oh, Messiah, come. 
Messiah comes. And here we see her again over here now as she's surveying, bringing forth newborn babes in Christ Jesus coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And the surveying in birth there, pains to be delivered. Now watch what she did. And that night he stops the rider does. Now it's he sees another scene comes on. Now watch the woman here ready to be delivered. Now the first thing, the law was fading out. That dispensation of them candlesticks we had the other night. This dispensation is coming in. That was the law being a shadow of the good things to come. Amen. Just a shadow, which we had time to go into all the priesthood and show how everything in there shattered this dispensation here. Amen. How everything happened back there was a shadow of this. Just the same as the sun is. That's the reason people say I was a typologist. I have to be. I have any education, so I have to look in the Bible. I see back there what they was. I know this about what this is going to be. Hey, see? Yeah. I look back there and see. If I see the moon shining, I know it's a little light. It's a wonderful light. But there's a greater light somewhere. I know what the sun's going to look like when I see the moon. Hey, <laughs> man. I see what the sun's going to look like. If I've never seen it, if I see the moon, and it's a shadow of the sun, I don't know what the sun's going to look like when it appears. See what I mean? Now, this woman was travailing. She's going to bring forth a child. And she was standing there, the sun rising at her head, the moon going under her feet. The sun passed away. See, she's done live through the dispensation of law. Paul speaking, see, having the shadow of good things to come. See, just a shadow. The sun was the perfect. Now, and the both things shine the same time. The law could hang, but it won't shine because the gospel outshines it. See? That's right. The moon can hang here at 12 o'clock at day. You'll have to look very close to see it. That's right. Because the sun's so much brighter than it just outshines it. Amen. It may be still hanging there to show that it was last night, but it's, it's like sun dawn. That's the law. The law's light has done gone and lived. That's right. Now it's the gospel of dispensation of grace and the power of the Holy Ghost. The resurrected Jesus Christ manifests himself in a greater light. Amen. Let's look at this woman again just a minute. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great dragon, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. We've taken that the other night now. Look. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them into the earth. You know what that was? My tail wasn't like a fork and tail like you say the devil's got. It was that tail, that lie that he told. And the very Jews by the Roman Empire crucified the Lord Jesus, and over two thirds of the Jews denied Jesus Christ, the stars which was in heaven. And watch what he did. And he cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now you say the dragon had something to do with the Jews? Certainly. They said, this Jesus says he's the king. We have no king but Caesar. that right? See the devil preparing them Jewish hearts back there to deny Jesus Christ when he comes? Can you see the devil denying hearts today to deny the power of the Holy Ghost when he comes? Amen. Just exactly the same. Get honest and sincere. But if you're deeply and seek after God, like some of them Jews did, they walked right out and received him anyhow. That's right. They didn't say what the church said. 
but it cast two-thirds of them to the ground. And the dragon stood before the woman to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now who stood, what government, what power uh, stood before uh, the woman, the Jewish Orthodox Church, to devour Jesus Christ when he was born? Rome. So the red dragon was Rome. So see where the beast has to come out of? Rome. All right. Now watch. And she brought forth a man-child, that was Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. What did the prophets all say Jesus would do when he comes? Rule the nations with a rod of iron. Is that right? They failed to see his first coming to the Gentiles. When he returns, then he does rule all nations. Amen. He will come. He is up on his throne now. He's sitting on God's throne. Amen. He that overcomes shall sit with me on my throne as I have overcome and set on my Father's throne. Now, he's wanting to come back, and who, where is his earthly throne? The throne of David. God said he'd give him the throne of David in the millennium. We'll sit on David's throne, and we'll see him, the great king of kings sitting there. There he is. Now, he's sitting on his Father's throne. In other words, he's sitting in God's power in spirit now. But when he comes back, he'll sit in an earthly body. Hallelujah. On David's throne. Now, he's sitting in the majesty of Father now. When we say Father, it's Jesus. It's the Spirit of God by the Holy Spirit in us. Now, he's on his Father's throne, right hand of majesty. We use the body name Jesus Christ to appear the Holy Spirit, which is God. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do, for I and my Father are one. Yet a little while the world see me no more, that's the body will be taken away. But you'll see me, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. That's Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. Now, he will return in his body again and will sit on a literal throne, a man that will eat and drink and shake hands. Glory, oh my. Uh, you say you're too emotional, but it makes you emotional. You can't hold yourself when I think of it. How could you stand at a ball game or something that you like real well and just keep living? You fishermen, how could you catch a great big bass about five pounds and all oh, that big green you're playing. Sure, something happens. <laughs> and when you really get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, something happens when the Word of God begins to manifest. For we're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. And the Holy Spirit teaching us and guiding us and setting us in order. What a wonderful time. Now what? Rule all nations with a rod of iron. And she brought forth a man-child who was ruled all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now what? And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God, a wilderness, the church town, that she should be fed a thousand two hundred and three score days, which we will we, we know in Hebrews. We'll get back on this maybe tonight. I'd like to prove you. From the persecution of the church and all through those dark ages, the people come over here. What is American? America was established at Plymouth Rock for one purpose freedom of religion. Amen. Is that right? Yeah. And the Bible said that she fled from the dragon Amen. and had a place prepared in the what? What was America when she come here? Amen. See? Where she was nourished for a limited time. A time, time in the dividing. Amen. 
just about 165 or 70 years, where she had a place prepared, and then this nation raised up and formed images to the beast and spoke like the beast did to the confederation of organized church religion. Amen. Now the church is getting so she can't have her freedom no more. Begin to shut down that bunch of holy rollers. Stop that stuff. We're the unionized the thing. You make an organization. And they, what do they do is form an image to the beast. Every time they make a little power, Amen. we are the Methodists, we are the Baptists, we're the Nazarenes, we're the Pentecostals. We form our own, we got our own council of churches. We got this. You say Pentecostals? Yes, sir. The Simmons of God, the minus of all the Pentecostals, belongs to the Confederation of Church. She's just as much in the image of the beast as they are. I see Catholics, we chop these Pentecostals up too. Because the Word of God says so. See what I mean? We can only be honest. This is the truth, brother, because God, not because I'm saying it, because He said it. I'm just using His Word to speak it to you, you see. And the only way I know how to put it together, I don't. I just have to stand here and let him put it together. And he gives it out and you receive it and then just take it. Now, watch it heap up and come that way. Just the same thing about healing or anything else. It's God's Spirit moving. He just brings it right to pass. Now watch. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God. God prepared America for freedom of religion. That she should be uh, fed there a thousand two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against the and his angels. The dragon, who was the dragon? Satan and what nation did it represent? And he had angels. Amen. Didn't the Bible say that in the last days that the ministering spirits of the devil would be like flaming angels? Amen. But if they speak not according to this, let them alone. Amen. The devil would transform his messengers into angels of life. Yeah. And organize right back, just exactly like Rome did. Yeah. Brother, sister, I don't see where you can find a loophole in that. God just got it all walled up there right here in his word. There it is. And he said he did. Now what? And uh, Michael, the archangel, the great one that stands in the presence of God, and his angels fought against Satan and his angels, the red dragon. And that was the church that's led by the Holy Spirit and the angels of God fought against the organization and its angels and ministers of life. See how this perfect? It's a speaking not of something up in the glory. It's speaking of spiritual beings in Rome. Amen. The red dragon is stood before the woman to devour her child. Uh, now, and they prevail not. Neither was there found place any more for them in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. That Roman power going into every nation, that city that rules over all the earth, he deceived it. Many churches organizing just like him, making an image into the beast, and was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Say they don't have a conception of the scripture? Look, when the arch enemy met Jesus Christ, 
When he first met him, he didn't go with him just a roundabout way. He met Jesus out there and he said, Now, where's his weakest spot? It's his stomach right now because he's been fasting. He said, If thou be the Son of God, I want you to perform a miracle for me. Now, I know the scriptures, and I want you to perform a miracle. Tell me that you're this, well, this miracle worker. If you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread to eat, and then I'll believe you. Now, look at that same anointing on preachers today. Say, if that guy's a divine healer, if that church believes in divine healing, let him, let him, let him heal this, and I'll believe it. Amen. See what it is? It's a devil. Amen. Amen. Jesus turned to him in the Scripture and said, It's written that man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. But uh, you don't have to clown for the devil. See? And now watch. The devil said, I'll fix him. If I can get him up on top of the temple. He said, Now look. You're sitting up here on top of the temple now looking around over Jerusalem. Now, cast yourself down. And just before you hit the ground, then the angels will bury you up. For it's written in the Word. Yes, sir. He quoted Scripture, Satan did. Don't tell me them guys can't quote Scripture. You better know where you're standing. Amen. Yes, sir. Fundamentally, they can be. He said, all right. Polished scholars. But know sometimes no more about God than a hot and cop would know about Egyptian night. He said, when he passed down to like that, he said, it's written, he'll give his angels charge concerning If you're the Son of God, now the Bible says, the Scripture says, if you're the Son of God, jump off this temple. Call the angels. You've got a hold of it all the time. You can heal whatever you want to. You can do whatever you want to because the Bible said so. Jesus said, yes, and it's also written. Amen. I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. That's right. Oh, my. Satan said, I'll get him this time, man. So look up here on top of this. Look here. All these kingdoms. There's the United States of America coming up. Great mighty nation. Here's Rome now. Here's all these nations around here. Here's Italy. Here's France. Here's Germany. Belgium. Here's all these nations of the world, the whole world over. Said they're mine. That's right. That's who governs them. The devil governs the United States. Amen. Or you say, oh, that can't, or it does, the Bible said it did. Amen. Said, these are mine. Said, I'll do with them whatever I want to. Amen. I'm quoting scripture. Jesus never denied it. He said, I'll give them every one to you if you'll just worship me right here. If you'll say, I'm right, agree with me in the scriptures, you know, I'm a teacher. I have a big seminary, a whole lot of angels out here, and if you'll just agree with me, I'll give them one to you. Let you be the ruler. Jesus said, get thee his Satan. That's right. Don't tempt me. He walked around there and angels come and minister to him. What is it? Jesus knew that he was going to fall heir to over one of them anyhow. He's going to be heir in the millennium. Every nation of this world will be broken, ground to pieces, and Jesus Christ will be the king of the world. Amen. King of kings and Lord of lords. He couldn't rule in such a condition as that. He's going to rule when peace will rule and reign in every heart and love without a law. When Jesus shall return to earth again. It's going to be his anyhow. He didn't have to bow down to Satan. No. Now what? Quickly. And I heard a loud voice saying from heaven, Now has become salvation. Now has become strength. And the king's, uh, kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. 
For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. All right. And they love not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell on the, in the earth. Woe unto the inhabitations of the earth for the, and the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. I see where he's roaring about, so deceitful, acting like a... Uh, uh, organizing itself up and bringing people and polishing it up. Did you know where polish and all that first come from? It originated by the devil. Amen. In the heavens was the devil. The first thing he wanted was to make a kingdom that outshined Michael. Big. What came his son? When Cain came into existence, he fixed his altar as it was on Easter morning with beautiful flowers. Fixed it all pretty and put the very polished fruit and laid that up on the altar and made everything so pretty. He said, surely God will receive that. Isn't it beautiful? Look at that same nature in church today. Yeah. Yeah. See? Won't God receive us if, I, if our pastor has a, a degree, if he knows how to speak very fluently good English, and an eloquent speaking man, won't the best class in the city come to us? Look at our great shrine. Look at our great crosses. Look at our fine pew. Look at our thousands of dollars organ. And look at all these things here that we've got. And a nice polished our deacons are the businessmen of the city. Surely they'll come to us. The same old devil. Amen. When God looked down, he said, there's nothing in us. Right. And here come Abel, ragged, pulling the little lamb behind him with a great vine wrapped around his neck. Laid him up on the altar and took the rock and began to chop him like that and the blood began to fly and the lamb blazing and crying. God said, that's it, Abel. <laughs> Amen. That's it, Abel. To the shame of the blood. Cleansing. Amen. I feel like a holy roller this morning. I really do. Notice, back to Hebrews right quick. The law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very... But, and not the very image of the things, not the, see, just the shadow of it, not the very image of the things, can never, see, not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices, they offered year by year, continually, make the comer there unto perfect. Now the law having a shadow of the good things to come can never make the comer perfect. Now, did the Bible say then if that if the law could not make perfect, then the Bible speaks that there can be a perfection. Amen. Amen. Do you believe there is a perfection? Amen. Let's turn to St. Matthew, the the fifth chapter, I believe, in a forty and about the forty Eighth verse, and see if we can find that. I believe that's about right. If I'm not mistaken, Matthew, just so I can read it for you. The fifth and fortieth. Yes, that's it. Just exactly. Jesus speaking in the Beatitudes. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. How are you going to do it? Be ye perfect, as your Father has. And those sacrifices under the law could not make the comer perfect. Why? Now watch this a little while. For then would not they have not have ceased. If they make the comer perfect, then they would not have ceased. They kept on with the law, see? Because that the worshiper 
Ma, did you read this? Look at here. For the worshiper, the laity, the worshiper once purged should have no more conscience of sin. What's happening to you out there then? What are you carrying on fussing with your neighbor about? The Bible said the worshiper once heard has no more conscience of sin. That's kind of strong doctrine, isn't it? Now this week you haven't been fed on skim milk anyhow, see. We've been in deep things. And you talk it very nice, and I thank God for you. I just want to come back and teach some more to you. See, because you're able to take it. See? I noticed the worshiper once purged. So now the law couldn't do it. But in this state, said if the law could have done it, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die. But here, if the worshiper, then he come, watch it, you watch here a little farther, please. But these sacrifices, which a remembrance is made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Why? How much time we got? Oh, my. Just a little bit. We'll, we'll close and we start again tonight. Because I told you I'd quit. Look, let's take it just in a little tight quickly. The worshiper, once purged, has no more conscience of sin. Jesus said, Be ye perfect, even as the Father in heaven is perfect. Here's the Old Testament. Out there the worshiper comes, he knows he's done something wrong. He goes out and hunts him a lamb with a spot that brings it to it, washes in the laver, brings in the high priest, stands the altar, here the priest. Then the high priest stands at the altar, and he takes the lamb, he examines it over. There's not a blemish on it, no worse. Then the, the lamb is laid up on the altar. The worshiper puts his hands up on the lamb and said, I confess my sins that I've I broke the Sabbath, I've done this, that, or the other, I've sinned, I've done something wrong, and the priest kills the lamb, catches the blood, puts it over here and burns it as a sacrifice on the brass altar, which means divine judgment, and as the smoke went up, Israel fell on his knees and gave their prayers as it went up on the smoke of this burnt blood, no blood on fire, and watch what takes place. Now this great cupola went the smoke up in all Israel and thousands of trumpets sounded. Every man dropped everything he had and went to prayer. All right. Three times a day that was made. The worshiper then went back out with the same desire in his heart. Maybe coming for committing adultery. And he said, Lord, I did wrong. I committed adultery. I've got to die. Because you said that if you sin, you're going to die. So this innocent lamb will die in my place. So I offer you my lamb. I paid my money for it. So I come in and offer you my lamb and I confess my sins. And this lamb has taken my place. An innocent substitute. I ought to die. You were going to kill me, but you told me if I give this lamb and let this lamb die in my place, then I could go free. Then he cut his throat, cut his blood, throw it on the brazen divine altar of judgment, and the blood spoke went up to God and God received it. He said, I received it. The man walked right back out there with the same lust in his heart to another adultery. That's right. In this place where Jesus is, the Lamb of God. Why? The germ of life is in the bloodstream. Amen. And that was an animal life. 
And an animal's blood has no conscience of sin. Certainly not. So it wasn't strong enough because it knew not what sin was. But when God came down into the blood cell that was in Mary's womb that created the bride of Christ Jesus, that human blood Amen. was powerful enough to take sin out of the human heart. Amen. And when the worshiper comes and puts his hands on Jesus' head and confesses his sins, and the Lamb was killed, and his name is written on the Lamb's book of life, and God gives him the same Holy Spirit was in that blood, and he confesses his sins on. He has no more desire of sin. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How is the gospel? Amen. No more desire of sin. Then the worshiper walked out with a clean heart. The worshiper, the law being a shadow. But in Christ, it was taken away. He took it away the first, so he could add the second. He couldn't have two at the same time. You can't have a law that says, it's a $5 fine to run the street right out here, and the next one says you can go free. You can't do it. You couldn't put judgment. So judgment is based upon something. Not upon a lamb, upon Christ. Amen. Christ, the Son of God, who was God manifested in the flesh. And the germ of life that come into the womb of Mary, that developed that cell, cell after cell that brought forth this body to shed blood down earth in order that God could be made blood. And the Bible said we are saved through the blood of God. Amen. I used to say that I was saved by Jewish blood. There was not one spot of Jewish blood in his body. Amen. He was neither Jew nor Gentile. He was God. Amen. There's not one drop of the mother's blood in a baby. That's your doctor. It's all wrapped in the mother's blood, but not the mother can, it's got TB, can die and childbirth with TB, and the baby taking four lungs don't catch your breath, it won't have TB. See, the blood is in the male. A hen can lay an egg, but she hasn't been with the, the rooster, it'll never hatch. It isn't fertile, it hasn't got any blood in it. And that's just like many times I've said, a lot of these old churches around here, you've got a bunch of eggs, all right, but they'll lay right there and rock, unless they've got to be with the main Christ Jesus. Then born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they've got life. They breathe. Amen. Or you say, we got eggs. I know you have. But what good is it doing? You can hover them with the gospel, preach the Holy Ghost around them, walk out and say, hmm, I don't believe that stuff. And Indiana and Kentucky jammed full of us. Look over here when we're having a healing service in Louisville. Standing there preaching. Oh, everybody likes to see the healing and the miracles and so forth. But I went to laying out the gospel. Walk out. I don't believe no such stuff as that. My church don't believe that. There you are, the mark of the beast. Amen. You can't receive it, you're blind. They lay the gospel out. Tell them what the rotten eggs are. Lady there can't have a lie. How you gonna put life in one of those eggs when they got no life in it? The male, Christ Jesus, brought life to the blood of God. Is that right? Brought the life of God down into the male. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Come down to bring life to the human race. Is that right? Yes. Amen. And in him, after his blood being shed, and the Holy Spirit coming in the blood of Jesus Christ, 
which was that blood cell, when it was offered to Calvary, it takes away the very desire of sin. Amen. So if you still have the desire of sin, better come back to the altar again. Right. Now, and that same life that was in that blood cell returns back into your blood cell and gives you the same life Jesus said, I give to them eternal life. Amen. Now, if you are interested in Greek words, go look up and see what the Greek word eternal means. It comes from the word zoe, Z-O-E. Look what zoe is. Zoe is the life of God himself. Amen. And if Jesus, through his death, gave us his own life, which was zoe, we have eternal life and can't perish. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then when the old flesh begins to lust after things, the Spirit said, No. Oh, my. I see that Adam and that dark 
shaggy locks hanging around his head, those bright, flashy eyes, look over to his little sweetheart Eve, and such a perfect built woman, and her hair, look up her eyes, as blue as the sky. Adam loved her, oh, how he loved her. But when sin entered in, the little home was broke up because of an old lustful beast. The devil had got into an animal called the serpent, not a reptile. Remember, the Bible doesn't say that the devil was a snake. He wasn't a snake in the beginning. The snake wasn't like he is now in the beginning. The curse put him where he's at. The Bible said he was not a reptile. He was a beast. And the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. He looked more like a man than anything you've ever had. Walked upright. There's where the devil got in him. And come to Eve, this beautiful maid woman. And she did what was wrong. Take your idea of it. I got mine. All right. Now, then she brought forth her first son, Cain. The nature after the daddy. A murderer. A hater. So forth. Notice then what's taking place after that. Then when God came down to talk, fellowship had been broken. Could you imagine Adam and Eve sitting out in the garden of eating under them great palm trees? God would come down and say, My children, yes, Father. Is all well? All is well. Have you enjoyed the blessings of your father this day? Yes, Father. We've enjoyed. Here comes Leo the line up. Leo meows like a kitten. Adam pats him on the head. He kneels himself down. Here comes Seed of the Tiger, and all then comes up and lays down. Meows around in God's great voice. Roars to the top of them trees. My creation, have you enjoyed what your father has given you this day? Yes, Father. Everything. No death, no sorrow. There it is. That's what God said, oh, isn't this wonderful? And then Michael looked over and said, I could do that too. Oh, brother. Don't get yourself contrary to God's word. That's what's matter these churches today. I can make an organization too as good as they are. Ooh, get away from it. Says God's word. Yes, sir. Let God, God was the one speaking. And then the first thing you know, then when she sinned, then God come down and roars in the top of the trees. He wants to be worshipped. He's God. And his children wasn't there to worship. Here come Leo up and knelt down, and here comes Cheeto up and knelt down, and all of them come up and kneel down. But where's Adam? He said, Cheeto, have you seen Adam? No. Leo, have you seen No. Adam! Where are you? <laughs> See the nature of a man? He runs from God. It ought to be Adam saying, Father, I've sinned. I've done wrong. Where are you? Oh, I confess my sins. Where are you, Father? But he was hiding. Get back in behind the curtains, you see. Adam, where are thou, my boy? Adam, Adam, my boy, where are you? Directly, he looked down, you see Adam stand behind the bushes. He said, come out, Adam. He said, I can't, I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? He said, the woman you gave me. And the woman said, the serpent did it. There you are. Then the great picture of the fellowship was broken. God can't talk to his people no more. He's done said so. When God speaks, he's got to keep his word. He's got to. Alright, so we gotta to talk to him. So God went over and got some sheepskins. 
Brought them old bloody sheepskins back, throw them back in the bushes, said, put them on. Here come Adam and Eve wrapped up in these old sheepskins. They made themselves a religion first. They joined a church somewhere. Thought they were going to get by with a fig leaf church. You know, just hide behind something. But when they went to stand in the presence of God, their fig leaf religion didn't hold out. Well, here he comes out with blood running out over his manly shoulders. Look at little Eve. Let's draw a picture. That pretty little thing. Adam's sweetheart and wife, his darling. And here she comes out, and the blood running down her legs. Here's Adam, and the blood running off of his shoulders. I see around his collar here, where it ramps around his shoulders, the blood shagging in his hair. Mm. Look at little Eve, her head bent down, little bloody sheepskins walk out before God. Said, Adam, because you listened to your wife, and instead of me, I tuck you from the dust of the earth, and dust you'll return. Said, woman, because you listen to the serpent instead of your own husband. See, church, who you're supposed to listen to? Your husband. Not to some creed, but to your husband. Here's his word to you. Because you listen to the serpent instead of your husband. Wish I could stay a little while on that. I feel something. So, if I listen to the serpent instead of your husband, you took life out of the world, you'll bring life in the world. Now multiply your sorrows and your conceptions, your desires shall be to your husband. Serpent! Because you did this, off goes your legs. And you'll crawl on your belly all the days of your life. You'll be hated by all, and thus shall be your meat. Oh my, something's happened. Apes begin to come in the Eve's shoulders. Adam's got a rheumatism in his back. He begins to look, look over to Eve. Tears are running down her pretty cheeks. Her lips that will never have to have manicure on them, or what the stuff you put on now. Never have to have that on. They were all pretty and red, but now they're turning out pale. Wrinkles are coming in them. Wrinkles are coming in her eyes. And pears begin to slip out. Shag begin to come here. Grays that are going to set in. Tears are dropping off of his manly chest. His chest is beginning to sink in hollow. Water condition, mortal land. Little Eve knows she was the cause of it. Said, oh, Adam, what have I done, darling? I'm going to preach on that one of these nights. What have I done? <laughs> she leaned her little head over on his shoulders. Strike him along about this. She said, Honey, I'm the cause of it, and we're condemned. Look at us. We're turning back to the dust. And God hid his face from us now. We can't see him no more. Look at these old bloody, I'm ashamed to take this off before you, Adam. He said, Darling, I wouldn't take this off before you for nothing. What's happened to us, Sonny? And he begins to cry. The tears run off his own cheeks, spat on top of her head. Here it runs down to the bosom like that, mixing tears and blood running together. So he puts his arm around his little wife. God says, Depart out of my presence. It sins. He can't do nothing else. He's God. That's what makes his word so real. He's got to keep his word. No matter how bad it hurt him. Depart out of my presence. Adam put his arm around his little wife like that. Here they start moving. Down to the Garden of Eden. I can hear that old bloody sheep skin every time Adam make a set one. Blood smacking against his leg. 
as he walked on. God, there goes his boy. There goes his girl. Just the same as be my Billy Paul and Rebecca. There they go. Your daughter and your son. What can he do? What can he do? He's God. He has to keep his word. I pronounced death on him and I trusted him and thought they wouldn't do it. But they did it anyhow. Why did they do it? Then God conceived his thought. He said, I'll take their place. I'll die in their stead. That's my boy. I can't let him go like that. That's my girl. I'll die in his place. He said, just a minute. He said, I'll put him in between thy seed and the serpent's seed. Your seed shall bruise the serpent's head. In other words, I will overshadow a virgin someday and come down and be made flesh myself, and I'll take the sinner's place. Man was made in the image of God, and then God was made in the image of man to redeem man back to himself. God taking his place. That's how I know Jesus is God. That's right. Now, let's change our scene. Nineteen, four thousand years has passed. We're in Jerusalem this morning. I hear a noise. What is it? I look outside. Then the old earth bathed with wars and rumors of wars and blood and adultery and sin and shame and disgrace of the offsprings of that couple. Looked at it just like Herodias, 70 of her boys and girls died on gallows and prostitution from sin. Look at that and these children, how they're dying, dying, and that little weak blood down there somehow. Wouldn't atone is the animal's blood. They ain't got no life in it. It can't come before God. That life that goes out of that blood, it can't come because it's a dumb brute. It's got to have some kind of a life that knows right from wrong. God come down now in flesh under a virgin. Knows right from wrong. Now it's Jerusalem. I hear a noise. What is it? Oh, away with him! Crucified! What is it? The very creator of the human race. His own children crying for his blood. There's God's own creation crying for his own blood. But I get a hell of himself and wouldn't have done it. His child would have been lost. Don't you see that's Jehovah from the Garden of Eden? Can't you see Mary veiled in this human flesh? Oh my. Notice a little farther. I wish we'd get on this lesson. A little farther down there it said, This tabernacle. Solomon building a tabernacle, but the most high dwells not in houses made of hands, but a body has thou prepared me. When Solomon built the temple, Jehovah, here's a good one. Hallelujah. That caught just right. Thanks the Lord for that. Here's a revelation just fresh right now. You're going to get it. When Solomon built the temple and it was dedicated, God came into that temple and dwelt there. Is that right? And when Jesus Christ was dedicated to God on the river of Jordan, God came down and dwelt in Jesus Christ. Jehovah. Amen. Confession of sin always had to look to the temple. Confession of sin has to look to Christ. There is the temple of God. God dwelled in Christ. There he is. Now you believe he's Jehovah, don't you? Amen. There was all that before. Oh, sometimes when we're moving along in the Spirit and setting together in heavenly places, how Christ can move in the church like that. Amen. See how the revelations move? 
There's a perfect revelation coming from God. He's setting up the platform now. Amen. I know that comes from there. I know it is. The temple was where God dwelt. And if the people anywhere in trouble, like Jonah in the belly of the whale, looked towards the temple. Anywhere they looked to this temple and praise them out here. And now the temple of God was not made with hands. He said, you prepared me a building, but that wasn't it. But a body has thou prepared me. There it is. God in Christ. Then, I hear that howling mob who are singing. Look at it there. They're crying for his blood, his own children. Screaming out. Away with it, their creator. Their God. Their maker. Their father. Away with it. Now he's become their redeemer. Now, they reject me. But if they, they don't know. They don't know who I am. They don't know that I'm the greater one that pronounces curse upon the other in the garden of Eden. I've come down to redeem them. If I, if I, if I refuse, why well, I could speak in the legions of angels that come to me. Or if I would, they're going to be wrong. And after all, I was the one who put the curse on them. Yes. Now I've come to take the curse off of them. Amen. And let them do their sin crucify me. Here he goes. Drag him through the street. Beat. Exactly hook him up to a post like this. Other cat and I there stood out there and beat till his ribs so it showed through. He's a little man. The Bible said no beauty we could design. Look at his body beaten, ribbon, bruised, mockery, spit from his own children, spitting in their daddy's face. Crown of thorn on his head, tears and things mingle running down his body. Tears and blood running together, spit dropping off. Here he comes, let's look out the window and see what he looks like. There he goes, I hear the old cross dragging down through the streets, making a roar and bumping noise as it goes down. His poor little body's in movies. And they're walking along with him with a whip. Why, you holy Lord? We got our organization. We got our churches. We don't need you to come around and call us out about our church. You making yourself the God of the Sabbath. What you do something about it now, you holy Lord? And the very Creator moving along there in flesh. There's that blood cell moving up. It's fading down his back. He moves a little farther. Let's look. I notice over his back, he's got a roll thrown across his shoulder. And it's rolled throughout without seeing. And look all over that little roll now, a little white roll. There becomes a little red spot. It's that blood coming through his back where he was by stripes were healed. Hey. Oh, could I deny that? God, keep me mentally right. I don't care if it costs my blood. Amen. What would my old dirty, adulterated blood be at the side of his? There I see him moving. As then watch as he goes on up, and spots get bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. As he moves on, I see him fall. I see a colored man come along and help him bear the cross. Put it up on his shoulders. He moves on. He can hardly move now. Look at him as he goes. As he's moving on, all them little spots run into one big spot. And that's why I hear something now going, what is it? It's that old bloody garment beating against his legs. What is it? Animal blood finished. There's the second Adam. There's the God of heaven. That's not animal blood. That's God's blood beating against 
works cannot take away sin, but in due season Jesus Christ comes and makes us worshiper perfected by the baptism of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ died in his place at Calvary. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power to all the rest of the church of God be saved to sin no more. The dying feet rejoice to see that fountain in his day. There they are, though thou as he wash all my sins away. Ever since thy faith I saw that stream, thy flowing wounds supplied, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save when this poor whispering, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Our Heavenly Father, as we look to thee this morning, the Lamb of Calvary, the one who come in the shadows of the law to take away the law and to bring in this great dispensation of grace to give us thy spirit in our own tabernacle here, God tabernacling with mortal beings, fellowshipping. God coming down to fellowship in the heart of man. Came unto his own, his own received him not. As many as received him to them, he gave the power to become sons of God, as many as call upon his name. And by his Spirit, we are baptized into his body by the renewing of our thoughts, by the washing of the blood, by the water, to bring us into fellowship with the great Son of God. And there again, when the evening is setting, oh Christ, I'm not a boy no more. After all, my son's going to set too. And my hair is beginning to turn gray. My evening time is coming. Won't you let me talk to you then, Lord? When you come down to the top of the trees of life, oh, let me have communion with you then, Father. And let me, as I look back down across this path that I've traveled, see where my footprints went through the seas and over the broad patches and rough places. Cry holy unto the Lord. Grant it, Lord. May every person in this tabernacle this morning that's sitting here under this divine unction of the Holy Spirit coming through the Word, may every one of them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. May this little church define and put its cards together, settle its differences in your other heart right now, moving in as one heart in one person, their arms around each other, and moving away as brother and sister in godly respect with an old-fashioned case of salvation in their heart that will make them go home and weep at the table, weep at the bedside, put their children on their laps and weep for them, weep for the world, weep for the sins of the city and being marked into the kingdom of God at this near coming now in the future of our Lord Jesus. May it that day, when the tape recording is played as it was from this morning's meeting, may every person here that I pray for today here, Lord, may they all be sitting here washed in the blood of the Lamb with palms in their hands singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, to him that set up upon the throne. Grant it, Lord. Be thou with us, heal the sickness in our midst, and draw the little church together now, Lord, 
under the power of the Holy Spirit. Be with us in the coming afternoon as we visit the sick and the needy, the shut-ins. Help us in our homes as we go home, not to be like a pig to sit down and eat, but may we look up to the Creator and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me this food. May we tonight not go to bed as unthankful children, but may on our knees we spend a long time in prayer and thanksgiving. Rising tomorrow, saying, Father, I can't travel this day by myself. Take my hand now and lead me through the day. Oh, God, grant it. And may the men and women that we come in contact with, may it be in deep sincerity. May we speak as articles of God, Lord, not overbearing, but talking wisdom that we might know how to win others to you. That that great day, thou would say, it's well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Grant this, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.